Exodus uh, 4.24, and I turn the word of God, Exodus 4.24. Uh, a couple years ago, I, um, I, was, uh, I was eating tacos, <laughs> and um, I kind of bit down, and it kind of you know, had pain. Anybody had pain like that before? Like, oh, man, what? Ah, it's okay, no, no worries. <laughs> I know, you know, I, I looked, and I said, no, everything's still intact, I'm good, no, don't worry about it. I kept eating. After a while, it, every time I would eat, I would get pain. I'm like, man, this, this really hurts. <laughs> but did I go to a doctor? No. <laughs> So, you know, I, I, again, I looked, just because I didn't see nothing on the outside, I'm like, I'm good, I'm good. But it got to a point that one day I was eating, and when I bit down, I mean, pain shot up to the, I mean, to the side of my head. I'm like, oh, man. I saw stars. <laughs> like, Whoa. I said, Mark, I'm like, you all right? I said, yeah, pass me some hot sauce, quick. <laughs> quick. <laughs> I mean, but the pain was severe. The pain was, I mean, severe. I'm like, man, it hurt bad. What's wrong? I said, it really hurt this time. But I looked again and said, eh, I'm, I'm fine. It got to a point where I couldn't even breathe anymore. As soon as I would breathe, the pain would shoot to the top of my head. I'm like, something's wrong. Finally, uh, when I was eating again, I heard something crack. I said, oh, man. I looked. I couldn't see nothing. But I was in severe pain. I was trying to get fever. I went to the doctor. He said, hey, Dennis, you know, sat me down. If if you look some of my old pictures, you'll, you'll, you'll find my, my smile just changed because there's a gap right here between this tooth and this. There's a gap right there. I had broke my front tooth years ago, and I would broke it twice. I had to put a cap on it and all this other stuff. But again, when I would smile, just to, I, nah, I didn't see nothing wrong with it. But the doctor sat me down in the dentist chair and looked at me, did x-rays and everything else, and he just looked at me and says, you're in severe trouble, man. I'm like, just take it out. I know it's broken. Which one's broken? He says, you don't understand, Conrad. You're in severe trouble. I can't touch you. I go, all right, doc. I know I'm supposed to brush, floss. I know. Yeah. He's like, Conrad, I'm serious. I can't touch you. You need to go to some long dentist word. I don't know. It's a big long word with an M on it. He goes, that's a specialist to do surgical removal of teeth. I'm like, okay. That's when I got my attention. He says, you broke your wisdom tooth, okay? And that needs to be surgically removed. It's in pieces right now. It's like two pieces. And that's when you get all the pain because it's going up to your head. You get infection into your gum, into your head, it's lights out. That's the good part. Okay. He goes, see that gap right here in your front tooth? I said, yeah. He goes, you never took care of that. You broke that years ago. I said, yeah. He says, what's happening is that there is a gap now between your, your front tooth and the other tooth. There's a gap. You notice that gap keeps getting wider? I said, yeah, I used to put a toothpick. Now I can put like a big old piece of carrot right there. <laughs> he says, Conrad, you don't understand your, your bone density here. It's starting to open up. And I'm like, okay. He says, it's cracking. It's going up to your nose, to your face. Pretty soon you're going to lose your whole front teeth because your bone density is deteriorating. I don't know what happened to you, man. It could have been a forced drama. So my wife, Pat. <laughs> but seriously, he was like, 
it's starting to open up, and you're going to lose your whole front team. I mean, the whole, the whole, the whole thing's going to come down. Because you need serious help. Because I suggest you go to a bone doctor to carve out bone from either your hip or someplace and put bone back in there, graft it, and fix your front tooth. But for right now, fix the easy thing in your, your wisdom tooth. I was almost in tears. I was like, oh, my gosh. He says, Connor, you're in severe trouble, man. Because you neglected the things you couldn't see on the outside, you had stuff in the back that no one saw. But the stuff that's hidden, where no one sees, you neglect, even though there was pain, there was notices, get it fixed, get it fixed, get it fixed. But you keep pushing, ah, no one sees it, I'm fine. Ah, it's okay. Because now you're in severe trouble. I thank God I went to the doctor and got taken care of, but very expensive. I was able to just recently fix my front tooth. Some, some doctor here in, in, in Irving did an amazing job. Even through COVID, they fixed me up. Uh, I'm not out of the woods yet, uh, but thank God they you know, pray for me. Uh, my bone density is coming, starting to come together now. So, thank you, Jesus. But God spoke to me during that time because I was going through this doctor and this surgical doctor. And they're I mean, they're doing surgery after surgery. See, church, tell you something. The, the, as, as we walk to, closer to God, God will sometimes stop us and say, listen, fix that. Fix that. No one sees it. It's in private. When we neglect certain issues that are private. Because they're private, we kind of push them to the side. God says, no, 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 no. I see it. When we neglect to address the private issues of our life, God will stop you and hold you until you get it right. And then judgment comes. This is what happened to Moses here in Exodus 4.24. God calls Moses to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. Moses is on his way to do the will of God. But God stops him, holds him in a death grip. And the Bible specifically says that God sought to kill him. Church, I don't know about you, but put your name in there. God sought to kill Conrad. That should stop you. Okay, what did I do wrong? Because you neglected the private things of your life. Let's read Exodus 4.24. Pick up the story, what's going on here. Moses is on his way to do the will of God. He stops him. It says, verse 24, and it came to pass on the way at the encampment that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. Then Zipporah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of their son and cast it at Moses' feet and said, surely you're a, you're a husband of blood to me. So he let him go. Then she said, you're a husband of blood because of the circumcision. The danger of neglect. Let's pray as God to help us. Father, we thank you this morning, Father God. We ask you, Lord, we take no confidence in the flesh, Father God. Meet with us, O God. Father, I pray, pull back the flesh. Show us, Heavenly Father, errors that have been neglected. Father, I pray, even to the one preaching, bring conviction and clarity, O Father God. Help us to leave this place changed and transformed and to live a godly life for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I want to look at 
the reality of neglect. So you have to understand that simply by doing nothing is dangerous. A, it's been said that a beautiful garden uh, is destroyed simply by neglect. A house will crumble when it's not maintained. A car will break down when not properly serviced. Neglect. Ne- just simple, not doing nothing. Ah, I ain't doing nothing. That's dangerous. Ah, I'll do it tomorrow. Even more dangerous. Neglect. If Solomon in all his wisdom said in Proverbs 24, 33, a nap here, a nap there. A day off here, a day off there. Sit back, take it easy. Do you know what comes next? Just this. You can look toward a dirt poor life and poverty as your permanent house guest. Ah, tomorrow. Ah, not right now. I don't address it right now. Keep doing that. Keep doing nothing. This is a warning to you and I. When you neglect to take care of the things that call for your attention today, it's dangerous. You keep neglecting certain areas of your life. Now, one day, you'll find yourself in deep trouble. A nap here, a nap there. Ah, later, so I'll, I'll take care of tomorrow. Yeah, I know. I, I got it. Yes, I, tomorrow, maybe. I, I'm, I'm just going to, not today. He says, this is why so many people are in poverty. They should have taken care of stuff today, but didn't. See, listen, church, you don't need to commit great sins to destroy your soul. The simple, the simple thing of neg- say what, saying neglect. neglect. That's it. Do nothing. Do nothing. You can go to church today? Nah, not today. Simple thing of just attending church. Simple thing of just neglect. Being indifferent, being negligent. All those that, that, that we, we can look at the drug addict, the, we can look at the, the pedophile, we can look at the, all these gross sins and say, man, but right next to all of them is neglect. All of them need Jesus. All of them. See, let me kind of go a little bit more deeper and find out what areas of neglect there will be. The Bible gives us many examples of people in the Bible that, will, that will, are guilty of neglect. The Bible talks about the five uh, foolish versions, uh, the five wise, the five foolish. Again, the bridegroom said, you know what? I'm going to go, but I'll come back. Keep your lamp, lamp trimmed. Uh, keep the oil in there. Quick. When I come back, I'm going to come back quick. Old Jewish uh, tradition was that if I came to a, a potential wife and said, hey, I love you. Uh, we're going to get married, okay? I'm going to go get the house ready. I'm going to go get everything ready. I'll be right back for you. Her job was to keep her lamp trimmed. Filled with oil, burning all day, all night on her windowsill so the bridegroom could see it and come towards her. That's what it's supposed to be. But the story says that five foolish, five wise, five says, I'm going I'm to wait, man. I'm Because I'm going to get all prayed up and perfume. And I'm, I'm ready for this guy. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to go, man. You know, the other five said, eh, it's okay. I mean, I'll, I'll be ready, but that, when that time comes, they weren't ready. Matthew 5, 25 says they did not take extra uh, olive oil with them, but the wives took flasks of oil with their lamps. When the bridegroom was delayed a long time, they became drowsy and fell asleep. Ah, it's good. Here come tomorrow. Yeah, I'm running out of a little bit of oil, but I'll, I'll get some later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neglect. Neglect. They missed the bridegroom. It, he came. Middle of the night. Here he comes. He's like, what's up, girl? You ready, girl? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. I'm ready. Wedding. 
wait, 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 wait. What about me? 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 And they're like, I don't know you. You're not ready. When Jesus comes, he can come right now. Are you ready? I was going to watch it online. Are you ready? I was. No, no, was is past tense. Now, right now. You're ready now. I neglected it. Yeah. The danger of neglect. In our text, we see God was dealing with Moses about a certain area of his life that he neglected. A private area. Let's go a little bit more deeper, church, can't we? A little more, an area that's private, a personal issue. Like, my, again, no one sees, everyone saw my front, that's great. But in the back, well, no one saw but me. That's what God saw. The pri- you, you come out, you look nice, and your suit, and your dress, and good, but in the private area, where no one sees. That, that's the area God's talking about. That's the area that God was dealing with Moses about. His home life. Amen. His home life. Not church life. We're, I, praise the Lord, brother. Amen, sister. Mm. Home life. Get out of here. You wicked woman. Home life. Home life. The relationship issue. His wife and children. That's the issue right here. Look at, look at it again. Let's read it again one more time. Exodus 24. And it came to pass in the way that encampment the Lord met and sought to kill him. Where are you going, bro? No, you ain't going nowhere. You failed to take care of certain issues in your private life. Here comes the problem. You see, I told you. No, I got to take care of it, man. She takes out the knife. What are you going to do with that? And she circumcises. Now, if you don't know what circumcise is, don't Google it because the pictures. <laughs> Can I say that? But read what it says. It is a surgical procedure for young little boys. And all the men said, ouch. This is, she had to do that. Her kids were already older, maybe eight, nine years old. You're supposed to do it when they're kids. He neglected that. So she had to do it. Some commentators say that he was so sick, God stopped him and he became sick. He couldn't even get out of bed to do it. This is a serious issue. Because you neglected, this is what it says, Zephora took a sharp stone, cut off the foreskin of, of her son, and cast it at Moses' feet and said, Surely you're a husband of blood to me. So he let him go. So you're a husband of blood because of circumcision. God was so serious that God sought to kill him. That right there, you gotta, you got to underline that, highlight that, and say, My gosh, have I neglected certain private things in my personal life? That God one day was sought to kill me? That you gotta wait a minute now. Okay, God, this is serious. He failed to circumcise. He failed to keep the, the, the Levitical law for his children. Listen, husbands, fathers. God said, listen, you're not taking care of business at home. You think you are, but this circumcision is a Levitical law issue. This thing you gotta address when they're children and you didn't do it. Now your wife needs to step up and take care of business because you didn't do it. God's serious here. You sought to stop him. God will not allow him to continue to go forward until Moses took care of the private things of his life. In other words, God was saying, before I can use you as a leader to lead a million people out of Egypt, before you can stand before Pharaoh and proclaim the, before all that, you got to take care of the small things that no one sees. 
The small stuff that no one sees, that no one cares about. The Levitical law that no one sees but you in your private home. That's what I'm talking about. That's what matters the most. Instead of being a huge leader, that's what matters the most. Can you say the small private areas like prayer? I'm a Christian. Do you pray? All the time, God bless my grub. Amen. <laughs> no, I'm talking about really, really seeking God in prayer. Come in the morning in prayer every single day. Come, what, what, what about dealing with the, your wife, your children, your husband, relationships, pastoral, pastor's wife, or people in the church? Oh, their sister so-and-so. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pray for her. There's issues going, again, private air, no one sees private things that no one sees. Finances, addictions, private areas that God's dealing with you with. Finances, tithing, and the list goes on. Again, this is private things. And on the open, you're great, you're a great leader, God's going to use you, but the private small things matter the most. As I was reading this, I said, oh God. Help us. I mean, it, 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 have I been neglected certain areas? Why would Moses neglect this? He was going to be agreed. Why would he neglect this? I believe there's three things. Quickly, I got to move quickly here. I believe there's three things why he neglected the private areas. And it, it kind of relates to us as well. One is because of fear. Moses knew all about keeping the law of circumcision. He knew it. He was, he was raised in, in the palace. He was raised in Pharaoh's courts of religious, religious duties and, and the, the, everything about the Hebrew. He knew everything. He knew holographics. That's how smart he was. So he knew the law. He knew what had to be done at what age. He knew what to do, but didn't do it. Why? I believe Moses was more afraid of his wife than anything else. In other words, every time Moses wanted to apply godly principles... Direction to his babies. Hey, what are you doing? What's because I'm going to... No, 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 nothing. Go wash dishes. Come here, come here, come here, come here, baby, come here. Don't let daddy talk to you like that. She would take the authority away from the man. I'm just thinking, why? Why? What happened? The private areas. We wanted to be a father and say, listen, you can't... No, 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 don't talk to him like that. You're going to hurt his feelings. Hurt his feelings. Come on, somebody. So, again, something happened, church, where, where he, Moses, didn't, didn't apply these certain issues of, when raising his children, bringing conviction. Again, this is the Levitical law. The circumcision is cutting the flesh. When he tried to cut the flesh of his children, hey, sit down. Hey, behave. Hey, respect your mama. Hey, don't, don't be talking to him like that. Come here, son. You're going to hurt his feelings. So he started getting, being more afraid of mama than anything else. Maybe. Never forget one time I was pastoring a church. Sister called, Pastor, my son's out of control. I'm going to whip him. I said, Sister, <laughs> listen, I know you're a single mom. Listen, discipline, there's a certain way we talked about that, whatever. Okay, I'll pray about it. Day later, she called me, Pastor, please are at my house. I said, oh my God. What happened? I whipped him. I whipped him, Pastor. And I said, okay, but how did you whip him, sister? I just took a belt, bent him over, wah, smacked him once. I said, okay, God, God puts more cushion on some places where, where we need to get spanked. Amen. That's what I'm going to say. So she goes, so my son said, oh, yeah, that's abuse. I'm going to call the cops. Calls 911. I'm, my, mom's, my mom's spanking me. I'm being abused. Come pick me up. Whatever. Cops get there and 
What's going on? Yeah, she spanked me. I said, how'd you spank him, man? With a belt. Bend him over. Pah. How old are you, son? I'm 14. Just turn around, cuffed him, bend him over, spank him again. Because if not, <laughs> if not, I'll see him until on the streets when he's 18 with a gun. Spank him again. Even the cops knew it. The private areas of her life, she's going to address it now. If not, it's going to be a public issue. He stopped them. You can't go forward until you take your private issue. Again, in this church, I believe some people get too scared. Again, I was pastoring a church and told his brother, you know, to make a decision to get rid of certain things in your, in, your, in your home. I said, God wants to use you. God wants to elevate you in the church. God wants to you know, bless you and help you. But there's certain things in your home you got to get rid of. There's certain issues that you got to address now. He says, no, I can't. I'd rather just step out of ministry. I said, uh, are you sure? He says, yeah, it'd be too much of a fight with my wife. I just can't. I said, so I go, you're more afraid of your wife than you are of God. He's like, well, you want to say it like that? Yeah, yeah. I've seen this before. Again, this fear of losing, fear of, oh, man, this, it's, he's my best bro. What's going to happen? Church, I, I've been here. My, my, best, uh, my best friend came out, came out of prison, uh, came, drove up to my house, uh, had a big old, uh, lots of cocaine and, and drugs, and said, hey, let's go party like old times. So I'm like, I said, so listen, I, I can't, I, I just got saved. Oh, I heard that, that in prison, man. That don't even work, man. I said, listen, bro, renounce that right now, pray, and you can be my real brother in Christ. Man, I forget you, bro. I said, man, we've been together since seventh grade, man. We're, I mean, we're... We're like brothers, man. We graduated together. We lived together. I mean, we went, we went through a lot together. You're my brother, man. He goes, I was your brother. Left. Every time we come to my house. Hey, what's up? Come on in. Come on in. Hey, what's going on? Bible study. Like, uh, laters, man. In and out of prison. In and out of prison. The last time we saw him was walk around town with a bag of sugar. Lost. Think he's an FBI agent. Thinking that he's, he, he's going to have a lot of money. He did too much drugs. It blew his mind. It hurt to see him that way. The private areas of his life never, never saw him. The private areas where it matters the most. The reason why so many men, so many modern day Moseses are not stepping into the will of God because they're too much afraid of what their homies are going to say. What their wives are going to say. So they'd rather just forfeit. It was David that said in Hebrews 13, 6, Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? It was Walter Crazier that said, What sadness if one were to lose a ministry for God just to keep the peace at home. Fear. Fear. The second thing is convenience. To circumcise a child takes effort. It takes work. Again, you have to cut and circumcise. This is a surgical procedure. So they had to get a sharp stone to do this. Amen, somebody. They're like, what's that, mom? That's a stone, son. (laughs) What are you going to do with that? What? (laughs) Don't miss. You know, it's, it's like... This is a surgical procedure. You know, I, I, I'm not kidding around. This is, 
So it's more convenient to say, instead of going through all that stuff, now, now, now think about this. You're in the desert. You're walking in the sand. and, and ah, Come here. You have to get the right time. You have to get the right medication, if there is medication. The right instruments. What if there's an infection? What if there's a staph infection? What if he starts to run a fever? All this stuff happens. Again, this is a surgical procedure that needs to be done when he's a baby. But now, she's neglected. The mom needs to do it when, she, when they're like eight, nine years old. It's more convenient to say, we're just not going to do it. It's just too much trouble to go to church. I mean, it's rather ratchet online. I mean, what's, it's the same thing. Is it? Is it? It's more convenient not to cut the flesh. It's more convenient just to put the, 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 the iPad in front of the baby and just put him right there. Just, man, just let him be quiet right there. Just get what he wants. And so say, no, not doing that. Amen? Never forget one time my, my daughter, she was high school, and you know, you parents raised high school children praying for you, man. <laughs> she comes up to me and she goes, hey, Dad, can I get your permission? Uh, um, one of my friends is going to have a party. You know, we went to, I said, okay, well, well, did this person go to church? Mm, no. <laughs> From school. Okay. Uh, where's the party going to be at? Some hotel. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure, go ahead. Have a good time. <laughs> right? Look, what? I said, uh, no. <gasps> Why not, Dad? I can't believe it. You guys are, no, no, no. I said, listen, listen, listen. I said, you don't understand. You've been covered by the church and by us. You don't understand what happens in places like that. It's going to be their hotel. It's going to be nice. Her parents are going to be there. <laughs> yeah, pouring <born> alcohol. <laughs> no. It would be more convenient for me to say, okay, stop. Okay, do whatever you want and, and leave. It's more convenient not to get in a fight and argument and say, yeah, just go ahead, just go, just go, 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 go. It's more convenient. Moses was more convenient. Said, I don't want to get into an argument with her about, about church and Baptists and Episcopalians and, and Catholics. And, okay, just whatever, just whatever you want. God's like, no, you're the man. I hold you responsible. You're supposed to put that in place and you didn't. I'm going to stop you. This is a private thing, church. This is a private issue. I, I told my wife before when we were raising kids, I said, listen, I have to be disciplinary. She goes, yeah, 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 just whip them all, man. <laughs> my wife, okay. All right, baby, hold on. No, just whip them all. I mean, all of them. <laughs> Even yourself. <laughs> all right, whatever. But it's more convenient, church, not to do it. Why go through all the trouble? It's more convenient not to cut the flesh, to discipline. We, just, just, we, got, so we got time, right, Pastor? Amen. We had a, growing up, our children growing up, my oldest right now, he's 28. My daughter right now, she's 20, 23. My youngest is 20. He's in the military right now. So as they were growing up, uh, we have think, uh, something called sweet punishment. Okay, you parents. And they're like, oh, what? No, 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 hold on. If they broke a rule, we'll tell them, no sweets for you. No Kit Kat, no ice cream, no soda, nothing sweet. It's a sweet punishment. <gasps> give me the whipping. Quick, give me the whippings, Dad, please. I mean, it'll work on them. It was perfect. My daughter, no, Dad, no, no, no. Just, just whip me. Just three, four, five, six, seven. Good. Crazy. I mean, it worked. It was awesome. It, it's called sweet punishment. It was great. But it, it hurt. It hurt to discipline. I'm, listen, my heart broke numerous times. 
Remember one time my youngest, I was about to give him a spanking. He looked at me and goes, Dad, no, have mercy. <laughs> I'm like, what? Where'd you get that from the Bible or what, man? Have mercy. They're going to have mercy, Dad, please. <laughs> but I had to, I had to, this, I had to, I, I, it can't be just convenient all the time. It has to be done. It's convenient. It's what disqualifies good disciples. It's convenient that, 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 that disqualifies good people from serving, in, serving in, in church. Did you know church in McAllen, where I'm from, Pastor Roman Gutierrez, we have a, what you call a men's class. It's, it's called serious men's class every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. sharp. If you're a disciple, you're a man of God, then you show up at men's, men's class at 9 a.m. If you show up 9.01, the door's locked. The, was that brother? Yeah. Conrad? Okay. You, you're banned for three months. You're not serious enough to get up on time, take your wife, get your kids ready, and you come and sit there and hear the word of God. It's a man of God. I just think that's pretty wrong. No, 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 wrong, no, nothing. It's more convenient to wake up later. No, 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 listen. It, are you serious or not? That's the main thing. And let me tell you, that men's class, no gloves, man. <laughs> you walk out. That was a great sermon, man. That was, woo! I mean, man, I mean, pastor, get you, man. It's more, it's more convenient than to show up. But if you're serious as a man of God, you show up. During this COVID thing, this COVID thing is crazy, man. It's more convenient just to, and I, and I get it, to watch online. I, I'm not knocking that, but I'm saying we continue to fall into a pattern like you get up and like, I can just watch it from here. It's more convenient to watch. It's more convenient to stay home. It's more convenient to stay home just to get my stimulus check. Let me, I, 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 that's on the sermon. <laughs> what about you, church? Is it more convenient for you not to go on outreach, not to witness? It's convenient for you not to support, not to show up? It's the private areas that matters the most. You neglect those areas, you're in trouble. The third was, you wanted to serve God your own way. See, truth be told, we want to serve God. Amen. We all want to get to heaven, but we want to do it our own way. We want to do it the way we think it's best. I know what the Bible says and what pastor says and the church says, but I'm going to do it my way. Well, listen, you get in trouble that way. See, the Bible says that, that Uzziah, he was a man that, that took care of the Ark of the Covenant. You know the Ark of the Covenant? That's where the presence of God would come down and sit down. This, this is awesome. It's a piece of furniture, but... It, this is where God's presence would fall. David knew it. So David said, I'm going to take the Ark of the Covenant, bring it to where I am, worship, and God's presence will come. This presence of God. He says, I, it, right now, the Ark of the Covenant, it's in this guy's house. Go get it, pick it up, bring it over here. There's specific instructions how you're supposed to bring the presence of God. They didn't do that. They picked it up, put it on a little cart with a little ox. They said, Cha, come on, let's go. And as they were moving it, it stumbled on a rock, and the Ark of the Covenant tumbled and was about to fall off the cart. Uzziah, who served, took care of the Ark for 20 years. Get this. He served it, maintained it. He goes, ah, oh, he ran up there and touched it. God's like, bam! Burned to a crisp. <gasps> Why did God do that? A couple things. One, Uzziah was so used to the Ark of the Covenant that it was just a piece of furniture now. 
it's just church. <laughs> One church is this. How many churches do we have in Dallas? Bastantes. Got a lot of churches. The same thing. I heard one sermon, I heard them all. Be careful, Uzziah. You lose that reverence. The presence of God, yeah, I don't feel no goosebumps. It's not about goosebumps, but the presence of God. Uzziah thought, oh yeah, he's going to go touch it. God's like, you treat my things as common. How dare you? I'm your creator, I'm your God, and you treat me as common? You want to serve God your own way. You want to come now and just do whatever you want in my house? Listen, you treat me as common. I want to just think about it right now. How many churches right now have in service and they're, they're so far away from what God says to have service? I mean, it's just so different now. People are having services that's totally off the wall. It's like, my goodness. I remember one time I was in, in service and preaching. After service, two girls come up to me. We really like your service. I said, well, praise God, sister. Amen. Hope you guys got saved. She goes, yeah, we were going to church somewhere else. And the church of the Frigidaire and this and that, whatever. And, 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 and she says, but you know what? If we can suggest something, and I'm like, okay, here it is. I said, yeah. She goes, can you dim the lights down a little bit? And I said, uh, for what? She goes, because we just we want to get you know, just intimate with God. And I'm like, la, la, la. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, I, I want the spirit to flow. And I, whoa, 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 flow enough, flow out of here, flow out of here. In her mind, in their mind, they thought that the intimacy with God was with low lights and soothing music. Where is that in here? Where is that in here? The presence of God fell. When it fell, fire fell. Boom! <laughs> Exposed certain things. That's the presence of God. And she, I just want to feel the good. Go ahead and feel it out there. Go ahead, somebody. They want to, they, again, they want to serve God their own way. Listen, church, that's not what God says. God says sometimes it's going to be inconvenient. You have to cut some things that's going to be hard sometimes in your own self. Certain things you've got to cut. Friends and family, you've got to cut. Things you've got to remove. It, again, it's going to be inconvenient sometimes. We want to serve God in our own way. God's like, that's not going to happen. You need to do what I tell you in the Word, even though it's hard sometimes to do what I tell you. Listen, church, I've, I've pastored, I've pioneered. There's times when we're at a place and God says, move now. We're like, let's go. Look at my wife. She's like, baby, let's do it. We got together. We didn't have nothing when we were together. When we were just, just young. Doesn't matter. We lose it all again. It's for God. Let's go all the way. Come on. Again, it's step out. You're going to Dallas. Who do you know in Dallas? Nobody. <laughs> Hello, Dallas. We're like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> Don't know nobody. And again, it's, it's very different. But to serve God his way. So lastly, church, I'd look at, so what's the answer? What's the remedy for neglect? First of all, God will put your life on hold. Think about this, church. If you're in this place, do you feel like you're, you're stuck? Actually, you feel like you're like, man, no matter what I do, I, I get this job, I, I move to this place, I, I do that, I, this relationship, that relationship. It's just I'm like I'm stuck. Could it be that God got you hold? Because there's some private things in your life you have not dealt with. It's what God did right here. It says God sought to kill him. Moses, God, if God wanted Moses dead, God would have killed him a long time ago. But he didn't. God sought to kill him. That word kill doesn't mean like, it means hold, like a death grip, 
Like, I'm, I got you in a chokehold. I ain't letting you go until you get things right. And your life is, your finances, your, your relationships, your, your boss, your coworkers, your, your parents, your brothers and sisters, the church, and like, I can't move. God got you holding. Get it right. Get it right. Get it right. The private areas that no one sees, get it right. Get it right. God held Moses in a death grip, like Jacob wrestling with the angel. It was a picture of God's grace. I don't want to kill you, but I'm going to put you on hold. You're not going to go forward. You're not going to be the great leader that you are. You're not going to have a good marriage. Your finances are on hold. Pastor, I give, I tithe. What, what, what's up? There's private things you haven't dealt with. There's many good people on hold right now. And God has you as a, like a holding pattern. Could it be because your children? Could it be because your wife or spouse? It's more convenient to walk away from a marriage than say, honey, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm a bozo. Let's work this thing out. It's more convenient to say, forget you guys. I'm going to another church. We're saying, God, forgive me, God. Let me come under right leadership. Again, listen to all these things God deals with you. You cannot be an instrument for God if you haven't dealt with the private issues of your life. It calls for obedience, church. God let him go after the circumcision of his son. If Moses would have been obedient sooner, this, he would have never dealt with this. But he had to do it. Then Zipporah took a sharp stone, cut the foreskin of her son, and cast it at Moses' feet and said, Surely now you're a husband of blood to me. So he let him go. What makes a woman bitter? Husbands that keep saying, I'm called, I'm called, let's go to church, let's go to church. And they flake out as soon as they go home. They, they get there, yeah, yeah, praise the Lord, amen. She's like, mm, praise the Lord, nothing. Because she knows, as soon as he goes home, he's a, oh yeah, man, heathen, cussing, cursing, doing this, doing that. And that can work either way. The wife, the husband, the kids. These are private areas. Private areas need to get, get right. Your obedience to take care of private areas needs to be done immediately. I pray, God, one time, i never forget my first time into the church, the door. i never forget, I walked in, and uh, my, my past, Pastor Alonso was preaching, and he preached a sermon called, Either You're In or You're Out. i never forget it. Either you're in or you're out. This is more than 23 years ago. I said, I'm in. And as soon as I said that, God said, then get rid of your stash. I'm like, we do it tomorrow. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm being honest, man, all right? <laughs> I was a drug addict, you know? And God's like, either you're in or you're out. I'm in. I went home, started taking out all my, you know, it was stash. My wife's, where'd you get that? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Took it out, burned it all right there. I said, that's it. And since there, never again. Either you're in, again, these are private areas private areas. There's consequences, church. Moses learned a valuable lesson. From then on, he never neglected the private areas of his life. Never. Now he was able to stand. After he did that, listen to me, after he did that, he's able to go to the most powerful man at that time, Pharaoh. Stand with boldness and say, let my people go now. And Pharaoh's like, what? Or your firstborn will die. It's like me going to, to the president, tell him, Exodus uh, 4.21, the Lord said to Moses, uh, you go back to Egypt, see that you do all those wonders before Pharaoh, 
which I have put in your hand. But I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my my son, my firstborn. So uh, I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, I will indeed kill your son, your firstborn. He's not able to do that until he took care of private things, got to care of them. Now he's standing with boldness. He said, devil, you're a liar. I'm going to be blessed. They're, they're going to bless me on my job. My, me and my wife are going to have a good marriage. Okay? My kids are going to serve God. They're going to come back to church. Amen. We're gonna, there's not going to be no diseases in my family. Cancer. All, all this to be gone in the name of Jesus. Devil, you're a liar. That's what you can do, church. When you take care of private things. If you don't take care of the private things, you need a hold. A few weeks ago, about a Two months ago, a few months ago, I got a phone call from one of our uh, 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 one of our members a long time ago. Now, now that, that young boy is grow, grown up. Pastor, pastor, pastor. He's trying to call me, and I'm in a, in, a, in a meeting at work. I can't answer the phone. I see that. So once the meeting is over, I, I call him back. Say, hey, what's going on? Pastor, pastor, pastor. It's my mom. It's my mom. Call her, call her, call her. And I said, I can't. I said, I'm at work. I said, the first chance I will. I, what's going on? Because she's at the hospital. They rush to the hospital. They used to serve God in our church, and then they backslid. Private areas. So I called, not, no answer, called no answer. And then I got busy. And then I, he calls me later on that night and goes, Pastor, he's crying. He goes, Pastor, it's too late. My mom passed away. I said, I'm so sorry, son. I'm so sorry. We, we know this family. We're real close to this family. He's like, Pastor, I don't know if she made it to heaven. She never took care of certain things. I said, I know, so I'm so sorry. When I went to go visit my family, where I'm from, we got a text message. I said, hey, do you remember this person? I said, yeah, her, uh, her son called me. You know, I said, Pastor, um, she sent a text right before she passed away. And what happened is that she got real sick with COVID. She went to the hospital. They said, you're not going to make it. You're going to stay here. She goes, I don't. don't want to. I'm not living right. I'm not living clean. I need to go. I need to pray. I said, no, you're coding right now. She coded twice. Came back. And she, was, she made a phone call real quick to her mom. Mom, pray for me. I'm dying. Prays for her right there. Sends a quick text, and she dies. But the, te- the text said, there's no way out for me right now. My life's not right. The only way out is to die. She never took care of her private areas. I pray to God she made it. I pray to God. What about you, church? What about you? What are some of those private areas that God's dealing with you to get right? Get them right today before you leave this place. Get your head bowed very close just for a moment. Amen. Danger of neglect. The danger of neglect. You're in this place.